The Free for All Roundtable. Round two. On round two, Bob Reed is here, principal at BroadwayStrategy.com, the guy who does touchdowns and fumbles with Jerry on Fridays. Dipika DeMarilla, Mississauga City Councilor, and Adam Vaughn, former liberal MP. Nice to have you all. And actually, in honor of the fact that we have a, a Mississauga City Councilor and a former Toronto City Councilor, let's start with Toronto City Council. Adam Vaughn, I'll begin with you. We have a bunch of ambitious things, although I think I could live without having to reevaluate the whether or not the coat of arms for Etobicoke is um, um, in, you know, intolerant toward uh, indigenous people. But we got housing, which is one of your ballywicks, and the front, uh, the waterfront, uh, transit, all of that stuff, except none of it's paid for. Yeah, it, 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 Olivia Chow, her, her promises are now hitting reality. Um, you know, she, she she had a fairly ambitious campaign program without any uh, real detail on how to pay for stuff. And it turns out every time she she makes a proposal, it's it's a letter to Ottawa and Queens Park saying, "Give me the money and I'll do it." On housing, it's 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 a challenge. Her 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 ask, which ranges from sort of one to two to five billion dollars, depending on what, how she's describing it, um, it, it's it's leveraged on on an argument that she makes that it will reduce health care costs and therefore you can pay for the transfer to the city of Toronto by clawing back the health accords. Good luck. Uh, there's not a province in the country that's going to surrender a health accord. It would create a, a, a constitutional squabble, the likes of which, you know, the argument is pretty simple. I mean, you're going to have to wait for a doctor so Toronto can build housing. It's just not going to fly. Uh, she needs to come to Ottawa with a better proposal. And, and I'll be frank about this. She made an announcement in Toronto to, uh, this week, and she thanked all orders of government for the funding model. It was 100% federal dollars. If she doesn't start thanking the federal government for the contributions, they're going to turn sour on her pretty quick. <laughs> Bend the knee. Uh, Bob Reed, I agree we'll with that. Say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Reed, I agree with uh, Adam's analysis. It feels like stuff's getting done in our town, but actually we're just announcing a lot of plans. Yeah, that's exactly it. And Adam hit it on the head. It's uh, it's it's great to to come up with all of these proposals and all of all of these ideas. And 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 they are you know they do speak to to high priorities in terms of housing and transit and other things that we absolutely need. But at the same time, it's it, this is really an exercise of wish listing for. Ottawa and Queens Park, because that's where the substantive dollars are only going to be able to come from if any of this is to be taken seriously. You can you can set the highest new housing build targets you want, but if you haven't got the dollars for it, then it really is just creating a new wish list to go to the senior levels with. Dipika, I appreciate, of course, you're a city councillor in another jurisdiction, but do you guys have a habit of announcing things that you have no funding for? Well, not necessarily that, but what uh, all of this really brings home is that there is a housing crisis and definitely Mississauga needs to be do better on transit and Toronto needs to do better on transit, but where's the money? And this just reminds me of uh, what uh, former Mayor Hazel McCallion used to say, that the feds have all the money, the province has all the power, and the municipality has all the responsibility. The reality is, you know, Toronto is facing these challenges, and we could just point the finger and say to the mayor that, oh, well, how are you going to do this? It's great you're announcing. But the reality is it is a problem, and it is up to all three levels of government to come to the table, not as if they're doing Toronto a favor, but as this is your duty 
senior levels of government to make sure that we build affordable housing, that we build transit. So on this one, I hear you when you say, okay, you know, you're announcing them without the funding, but the funding really has to come from senior levels of government. I, I don't disagree. I, Ottawa and the province has significant roles to play in particular in housing and transit. But, but if you go back to the sidewalk labs debate, there was a proposal on the table that would have got transit built that would have involved bringing in global investments into Toronto. Um, you know, contentious the sidewalk was, but there was a plan to, to, to use the development of the, of the Eastern Harbour to co-develop the transit simultaneously. And Torontonians chased that out of the city. Well, there are not a lot of cities. There are not a lot of cities around that chase multi-million-dollar investments out of their city and then cry poor. And the same thing can be said is happening down at the Therma and and, and with the, with the Ontario Place, where you've got multi-million-dollar deals on the table to to co-develop parts of the city. And rather than get to the word yes, citizens are pitched in a fight that says no. And in doing so, you chase global investment out of a city. I don't know how cities grow without global investment. Are you saying, Adam, that you actually favor the, the Thermae spa development? I'm saying that when you take a look at the dollars that are required to move this city forward, you can't constantly be saying no to, to investments that come from out of the country and, out of the, and out, of the, out of the city. You've got to start to use all of the available tools to build a better city. If, if Toronto wants to cancel the Ontario Place redevelopment, it's going to cost the Ford government hundreds of millions of dollars. If the Ford government is going to spend hundreds of million dollars, I can you can argue about the, 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 the parking lot all you want, but if you're going to spend money cancelling contracts instead of building housing, I've got to question whether or not you're serious about housing. Let's talk about an issue in Mississauga. So obviously, Divika, I'll come to you first. Uh, Mississauga Council votes to fine uh, firework rule breakers by an incredible sum, as high as $100,000. What do you say? I mean, a lot of this is targeted at celebrations of Diwali, and some people are saying it's racist to crack down on those fireworks displays. What do you say? Well, you know, I, what I think is that and where I had a problem with this was, I think in Mississauga, there's a range of infractions where the fines are too low. Uh, yeah, and, you know, Airbnb, people who don't follow the rules. I have I used to have a nightclub that used to blare music weeknights at 1 a.m. And the fine was so low, so ridiculous, was just the cost of doing business. Repeat offenders of property standards. I mean, the list goes on. And I actually asked uh, staff to come back with a report to say, what can we do with repeat offenders? And, you know, the fact that these fines are so low, it's just the cost of doing business. And I'm waiting for that report. So I was very disappointed that when there's a slew of issues where we should be increasing fines, we pick one which is fireworks, uh, and only raise that. So, you know, yeah, that was problematic for me. I mean, there's a range of issues that we should probably looking at increasing fines. We should have done it in a holistic manner, look at a whole range. Can't just pick one offense and say, okay, we're really increasing the fine to 100,000. It is a sensitive time. I mean, the festival is coming up. Um, So, I, I mean, in principle, I agree that fines need to be increased, including for including people who don't follow the firework rules, because you know what? Hey, if you don't want to be fined, just follow the rules. So I don't have a problem with increasing the fines, but I think I'm not that comfortable picking one offense or another. Okay. Bob Reed, uh, does that make Mississauga the city of joy killers? 
No, I don't think so. Uh, I think clearly there's a problem that needs to be solved here. Otherwise, you know, Mrs. Hugga wouldn't be having this debate. And I recall the, the coverage of way over the top firework incidents in previous celebrations in, uh, in, in past years and calls for something, something strong to be done to send a signal that you can't just do this. You, you don't, you're not, you don't have license to be able to set off massive un ending firework displays and literally choking your neighbors out because that's what was happening in some isolated cases. So uh, there needs to be a new remedy. This is a strong one. And it's not like it would automatically kick in as soon as somebody, you know, lit a burning schoolhouse or whatever the, <laughs> the equivalent <laughs> the is. The dullest days. firework of all time. <laughs> right. But, uh, uh, but it, 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 it would be on the books as a potential remedy if it went through, you you know the 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 court system uh, the fine print says you know a judge would actually have to certify that it, it's warranted in a, in a case where uh, that fine would be levied so there's there's a problem that needs solving this is a big hammer but apparently something big needs to be done so i say good for them okay i want to jump to something a bit more contentious and that would be highway 413 a study yes admittedly commissioned by an environmental group finds that if we just paid a little money and moved truckers to the 407 we wouldn't need to build the 413. adam vaughn does the math make sense to you yeah it does it's, it's what happens when you when you privatize public utilities you lose the ability to 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 use them um, in new ways for, for new purposes to achieve goals that that uh, that are that are shared by you know lots and lots of people. Getting trucks through the GTA and, and getting just in time delivery in particular sort of fine tuned is what supports our industrial base in this part of the world. Um, but we've sold the highway. It requires now a public subsidy to use a public investment. Uh, it's a it's a little ridiculous, uh, and and then the solution is to build yet another highway that doesn't make any sense. So, uh, when you sell public utilities and you privatize them, you lose the ability to finesse these conversations and come up with better solutions, and that's why you don't sell them. Bob Reed, I know it's going to be a bit galling if we get there, but if it saves money, then I guess we do it. But the idea that the state is paying money into a private corporation, yeah, I get it. It's owned by a pension fund, but that doesn't make it much easier. Right. Uh, there, there, there are a lot of problems with, with this as, uh, as, as a model. Uh, but, uh, and uh, I also, I, I will underscore the fact that, oh, here's a study that was done by an environmental group that proves their thesis that the, the new highway doesn't need to be built because there's an alternative that would, that would with a, a flick of a switch, solve the problem. Uh, so I, I take that with a big grain of salt. And then on the flip side, um, okay, we, you need take, the, take, to take the argument, take the <laughs> argument a step, a step further and do it as a pilot. Let's try it and see if magically that solves the problem. And, and there is no need uh, for the new highway. Uh, but but the, the third point is the 407 doesn't replace the 413 in terms of, of where it runs and traffic flows and everything else. And this is a highway concept that was uh, first developed quite some time ago. This isn't something Doug Ford dreamed up on the back of a napkin. This has been uh, a part of future uh, infrastructure planning for, for quite some time. And Dipika, Mississauga has a pony in this race because uh, presumably any new scheme would take pressure off the 401 in Mississauga. 
Well, uh, you know, I was, I was reading the report and what I find really interesting and sort of building on what Bob said was a number of uh, groups have always said that building the 413 would only shave 60 seconds off a commute. Yet this report says that if the trucks went on the 407, it would shave 80 minutes off. So I don't know what these assumptions are. How is it that, you know, building a new highway, it's only 60 seconds off your commute time. But moving it to the 407, suddenly we are saving 80 minutes. And the other question is, you know, I would, I did want to preface this by saying I'm open to any idea that saves the taxpayer dollars, that saves the environment, and yet helps, you know, reduce congestion. So I'm open to the idea, but it's all in the assumptions. And sometimes uh, you just wonder when you start to read the details. And the second question is, if you're going to subsidize trucks, well, who else should we be subsidizing? So we're subsidizing trucks because they're business. So what about contractors who, uh, you know, uh, they're using their trucks for business? So, you know, you really get into that gray area of who are you subsidizing and who gets subsidized and who doesn't. So the big business buses and trucks get subsidized, but the, you know, the plumber or the electrician who's trying to you know, drive to another place of work? Do we subsidize them? So any very interesting question, but I'm yep. kind of still stuck in the 60 seconds versus the 80 minutes. Thank you all. We're out of our 60 seconds. Adam Vaughn, Bob Reed, and Dipika Demerla. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.